This is Professional Confessionals. People have to understand if they're thinking about going into a career as a chef, that is probably nowhere near as romantic as it may seem or sound or look from the outside. I always joke with younger people about don't ever become a chef unless it's something you really want to do because it's going to be a battle to be successful and to be happy. It's hard, long hours. You're not going to make a whole lot of money unless you become very successful. And the amount of people that do become very successful are limited, you know. It can be a fun career, though. I mean, if it's something you believe you're really good at and you really would love to do it, then you should go for it. If you want to be an artist or a performer, also be a hustler. If you want to be a comic, be a writer. If you want to be an actor, also know how to do directing or camera work. Have different things that you can do in your genre. So before you start making money, you're always learning. Specifically for comedians, watch comedy nonstop. Learn from the greats. And then figure out what your story is. Don't try to imitate other comics. Don't try to be like Dice, like Pryor. Be who you are, but watch the other comics for style. It's not all that glamorous. It's not all that fun. And even being on set, it's hard work. It's really hard work. And yeah, I did scenes with George Clooney and people like that. But when you're on a set, it's like being in the trenches, it's hard work. It's not this glamorous love scenario, fairy tale. Equipment's in your face and you have to hit marks and you need to show up and know what you're doing and be able to duplicate it. It's important to figure out what you like. Do you like to take care of the elderly? Do you not want to have to mess with any blood or body fluids? If you don't like that kind of nursing, you might want to think about working somewhere else, like working for a company where you would just do physicals or something like that. But there's so many different types of nursing. You know, if you don't like one, you can try something else. That's what I've loved about it. I wish I had a mentor. I think anybody that wants to do building needs to find a great builder and just accept lower wages for a little while and become indispensable so that, you know, you can command higher wages, just so that you can actually be with somebody that knows what they're doing. I learned most of what I did, I learned from fine home building. I mean, I literally would, every month I would get fine home building way before I ever built this this first house in Cape Cod. There's so many different aspects that people don't think about when you're an artist. It's like 20 jobs. The biggest misconception out there is, oh, you're just, you know, poking your fingers in paint and playing around. Oh, you know, when you hear someone say, oh, you're an artist. Oh, you must have so much fun. I do have fun, but it's a hard job. It's physical. I have like injuries and pain and, and stuff just from the stuff that I do. Anything in healthcare, you will not have any problem finding a job. It, and I say it now to my grandchildren. It doesn't just have to be medical technology. You could go into physical therapy. You could become a pharmacist. You could become a nurse. You could become a doctor, a PA, a nursing practitioner. You will never have to look for a job. In your early career, certainly when you're in college, you know, you're learning how to do the thing. Like, what do I do? How does this go? And, you know, I often tell, tell young people that 
you know, when you're in high school, when you're a young person, you you know, and you're a kid, and you say, oh yeah, I want to be that astronaut. That sounds great. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds romantic. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a painter. I'm gonna be an artist. It's gonna be so great and so fabulous. But what does that mean? You know, what do you do day to day when you go to your desk job or whatever it is? What does that look like? Keep your options open. Don't specialize or say, oh, this is what I want to do. So for example, I would advise if you want to be a nurse practitioner, do the family track because through experience, you'll see what it is you really like. Keep your options open. You're going to get knocked down a lot and you just have to never pay attention to that. Don't take the rejection personally. And just remember that whoever rejects you on Tuesday, the person on Friday might be telling you, you're great, wonderful, we want you here on our staff, we want your work, whatever. You just don't know. I've known a lot of wonderful writers, naturally good writers. I was so envious that they had such a great gift and they gave it up because they got discouraged. I don't enjoy the conversation about making music as a career, having that conversation with young people as much as I did back in the 90s. Jonathan Brooke and I talked about that. We said, you know, we used to say to kids in front of their parents, like, yeah, do it. Who cares what they think? (laughs) And now we're like, well, can you do music and something else? And maybe your life will be better for that anyway, you know, but it's not the same jump in that van and go thing that that we used to encourage young people to go ahead and do. I knew I wanted to be an architect when I was about nine or 10. And did I have doubts along the way? There were times when, yeah, I couldn't pay my bills. You know, I I was doubtful, (laughs) but I can't imagine doing anything else, honestly. If you have a passion for this, I would not necessarily spend my money going to film school. I would make my film, whatever it is. I would make a 15-minute, I would make a 20-minute film. I don't know that you're going to learn exactly what you think you're going to learn in film school. I mean, you may get a lot of theory, you will make, but if you believe in yourself as a filmmaker, make your film. Spend the money that way. And, you know, I don't think you have to go to university to become a filmmaker or do anything in this profession. I know so many people who have it. And I don't know if the parents listening to this are cringing, but I I would make your film. I'm contacted often by people who want to get into it. And they may be in high school, they may be in college or just out of college. I'm sort of alarmed when the first thing they say to me is, I love shopping. Can you show me how to become a stylist? I've always wanted to be one. And it's not just shopping. Sometimes it's not shopping at all. It's using your visual sense. And there is an element, you know, of shopping to the job, but it's not just about shopping. You really have to be an artist designer inside. You can also make up your own career. This is real. This is a real thing. You don't need to go into anything traditional. And you certainly don't need to go into these prescribed professions that other people already have set up for you. You can literally take whatever it is that you have a passion for and make something out of it. And you can do that in this world. So don't get so caught up in, you know, I'm just going to be this. And this is already, here's the exact path to this, because you can make it up. You are in a totally different world than we were. And you have so many different outlets and so many skill sets that you can pull from. So you can be whatever you want, even if it doesn't exist, because you exist now and you can just be whatever it is. Go to your own therapy first. 
it's really important that you know what it's like to sit on the other side. Graduate schools aren't allowed to tell you to go to therapy, but they try to tell you in every way they can legally. (laughs) But it's really important to understand what the experience is like before deciding you're going to be the person doing that work. To be a good journalist, you have to care about what's going on in the world. And if you care about what's going on in the world, journalism is a way for you to be part of it, be part of caring about the world and caring about what's going on. It's a way to become involved in policy, in politics. You're not a politician, but you're interacting, you're commenting on it, you're involved in it. I would definitely recommend a career in science, especially with a quantitative bent. And not only because being a pure scientist is a great thing, it is a great thing, but also because those kinds of skills just are widely translatable to lots of areas. I mean, you can't even imagine all the areas. I mean, actually, I have friends from undergraduate who went on to get their PhDs in physics, and one of them is now like a filthy rich um, Wall Street quantitative analyst. Not that I would necessarily recommend that, but that's just... um, an illustration of how these these quantitative problem-solving skills translate to topics, you know, well outside of the sort of realm of classic physics or even science. I would definitely encourage an architecture student or someone considering architecture to travel a lot. Traveling is probably the best inspiration any architect can have, anyone can have. But to see different ways that people live and different solutions, and just to have a lot of different sources of inspiration is incredibly important. I can only tell the young people today that are looking to go to med school and be doctors the following. For me, it has been the most fulfilling career. I've been very successful monetarily. The community has respect for me, and I have to be honest with you, I don't have a big ego. I don't need the the respect. I just enjoy the friendship. I enjoy the love. But I really enjoy the trust that they put in me. And I like taking care of people, and I like seeing people be okay. I'm so sick for kids nowadays who, you know, come out of school owing $200,000 or $300,000. I'm not convinced that that's necessary. I think it's quite well known now that the greatest entrepreneurs from this field are mostly college dropouts. (laughs) So, you know, what does that tell you? It tells you that their curiosity and their entrepreneurial spirit was much more important than anything else to their success. The founders of Google did not drop out of college. So it's not the same in every case, but don't think that you need to come out of college with $300,000 in debt to be successful. You don't. You have to be very strong. You get to see the worst of people. You get to see things that people don't see. It's very demanding. You're going to lose a lot of sleep. It will affect your health. It's very stressful, but it's a lot of fun. At any moment in your mind that you've said that you've wanted to be a teacher, you should definitely do it. And, you know, there's different avenues that you could take with teaching, too. You know, you can go into admin at some points. You know, you can go into being a principal, assistant principal. You could even be like a literacy coach. So there's lots of different things that you can kind of do once you get into it. You don't have to be like in the classroom like all the time. There's different aspects of it. But yeah, if you've thought about like doing it, I think you should definitely give it a try if you can. Honestly, it's so rewarding on a daily basis that you should definitely try it. It's still, for the most part, a very people-orientated business. And 
the thing I liked about it was I would be working with people across disciplines. So I would be working with somebody who's in a marketer or somebody who's in sales or somebody who's in technology or somebody who's an engineer. You're working with people that have a very different perspective on whatever it is you're trying to achieve. It made me a better kind of finance person, but it also opened me up to what they're thinking about at the same time. My advice would be don't set out to be a politician. You know, what is a politician, lawmaker? You know, why do you make laws? You make laws to make the world a better place, safer, you know. Just start at home. Start in your community. Start when you're going for a walk. You know, we're talking about being a creative technologist, but I feel like I feel like so much of technology is creative nowadays. It's really in kind of leveraging your own experiences and your own background and finding where there might be a place in the technology world for you based on that. I came from a theater background and an arts background, so creative technology made sense for me. But if you come from a background that is in helping people and serving people, you might be looking into where is the intersection of service and technology rather than arts and technology. Within the nonprofit world, it's easy to move around. And I think this is possibly different than the corporate world. I mean, I have been a marketing director, a circulation director. I have been a managing editor. I have been a copy editor. I feel like I've done virtually all of it and now a fundraiser. If you can demonstrate your value, you know, make meaningful contributions. There's room to move around and there's certainly an immense room to grow. It's a good career choice, you know, if, especially if you like variety. Wanting to be an astronaut led me to want to become an aerospace engineer, which the reason I chose that path was I, I decided I wanted to be an astronaut when I was seven. I saw the first space shuttle launch on television. It was uh, STS-1, 12 April, 1981. And I got goosebumps. I got chills up my spine. You know, you just have that moment where you know that's what you're supposed to do. I had that moment. People have these big, great, great big dreams. You know, I'm going to be on Broadway one day. It's going to be amazing, you know. But sometimes those dreams are achieved in smaller ways, you know. So it might not, you know, know, maybe you're not going to be that astronaut, but maybe you're a pilot one day. Or maybe you get to get your pilot's license one day, like... You're fulfilling the childhood dream of being an astronaut in a smaller way. You're flying above the clouds. (laughs) The old model was professor or teacher imparting knowledge. I don't believe that that really is the model that pertains anymore, at least not in my discipline in higher education. It's really more about maybe I'm a guide. Maybe I can help direct them and remind them of lessons from the past and context and consequences and you know, theoretical ideas and, and all of that. But really, by guiding them through their journey and learning from them as they discover new knowledge, because I, I, that's what I really try to do, is I, I don't just try to say, here are all the principles of media ethics, here's all the principles of X, Y, or Z. Instead, I have them develop some of their own ideas because it's such a changing world. Make sure you pick something that you love because you're going to do a lot of it. And somewhere there needs to be an aspect of it that you're in love with. Thanks for listening. To hear more and subscribe, visit our website, professionalconfessionals.com. You can find Professional Confessionals on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.